0: Welcome to the crisp and delicate sounds of Catholic Late Night. I'm going to make this intro super short, and so I won't even bug you with different ads from sponsors that we don't have. But I will ask, if you could please share this episode or just look into our stuff a little bit more to see if you hate us or not, Uh, because we do this for free for people. If you don't have the guts to share the gospel with people, that's fine, but you can at least let us share it with other people by uh, sharing this episode on social media in some capacity. With that being said, we hope you enjoy the episode,
1: and God bless. Um, Today we are talking about advice for younger sisters, right?
0: Yeah. So let's say that you were our younger sister listening to this. This is what we would want to tell you before you bring that dirtbag home with all the piercings and that car that makes those loud popping noises that scares me.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's basically a little bit of like if you had an older brother who was me or Patrick or both of us at the same time, which would be kind of terrifying if it was both of us at the same time. It
0: would be interesting.
1: <laughs> it would be really terrible to have us as older brothers. But anyway, this is the advice we would give you, which by the way, I'm not currently giving my own sister. <laughs> well, that's but the She can listen to this episode. Like...
0: <laughs> no, because it's like so much more laid back Cause I realize a podcast is a sneaky way to like tell your sister what you think, because it's like, Hey, could you listen to this and just tell me what you think? And rather that like, they don't feel attacked because it's like, Oh, I can listen to it in my own time. Pause it, cry a little bit and then start listening. again.
1: <laughs> we like, we like build in pauses and now we will go ahead and wait for about three minutes while you get those tears out of your system. Right, we'll resume right. shortly.
0: Um, yeah. So, Essentially, what this comes down to is I think a lot of girls have no idea what their standards are for a guy because they might like, oh, yeah, we learned about theology of the body. I listened to half a Jason Everett podcast once, Um, you know, I like Pope John Paul II. Does that count? And I think what happens is you kind of get out of high school and it's like, yeah, I know I shouldn't have sex with a dude, but like. How do I know that he isn't a dirtbag and that like he's a good guy? Because I was talking to Margaret the other day and I was like, why the heck do all these girls that seem really nice date these total like jerk like they, they get into the whole bad boy scene and they're like, oh, yeah, well, he's just like trying to figure out who he is. And he said that one day he might go to mass with me. So I think I'm changing him. (laughs) <laughs> I <was> like what <laughs> what it's like no like meanwhile there's these nice dudes quote nice dudes that um really get overlooked um and i think we'll, we'll probably talk about this one in the next episode which will be kind of like a guy's standard for a girl um but generally it's like hey girls don't waste your time and we're going to kind of explain a little bit um, what we think makes really good standards for a dude that we would want our daughters to date or our younger sisters to date. Like,
1: Yeah, man, the more I think about that, if I had a daughter, I don't know that I'd ever be okay with her dating anybody at the way the world's going right now. He'd have but, to get some, he'd have to be pretty rock solid.
0: Well, there, there are rock solid dudes, but that's why it's like understanding how to like communicate what good standards are and what bad standards are. So like from the age of three, your little daughter has always known, oh, my dad always made it clear, like the signs of danger. Right. I was actually talking to my dad the other day. This is a true story. And he was saying that, uh... no, I was just saying how it's interesting how girls, like they have a little bit of a danger meter but generally speaking, it's like they have no idea how actually dangerous the world is. Like they, right. have, they have no clue because they would they would go insane if they knew how evil people can be. And, right. like the things lurking around which is why
1: they need men <laughs>
0: right which is why it's it's good that they kind of have that like healthy ignorance because um like men can bear that burden and protect their families but like women weren't meant to bear that burden of knowing oh yeah there's like seven pedophiles hey Patrick, in your neighborhood. what
1: i hate to do this but i i'm not seeing that anything's being recorded on my track like there's mine, no mine
0: has a waveform for you for me yeah
1: okay are you okay
0: yeah for me and you and it says it's
1: recording okay all right sorry continue i just was like i think we might do this whole show and there won't be any track for me okay continue sorry um
0: so like some girls are better than others but i think sometimes it's like holy crap you were like you know going for a walk in the alley like in a bathing suit that sounds like (laughs) do you have any idea what what (laughs) Or yeah. even just the things that girls wear and like, oh, what do you mean some dude might want to, you know, like yeah. it's real. Or you even just, just
1: like, what do you mean this isn't modest? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean that I'm not, that I'm not wearing enough clothes? And Look, so, I'm all covered.
0: And so this is where men need women to learn how to love and to learn how to care. Women need men in order to protect them and help them be safe. And so this is us doing that. So John, to begin yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think is like the fundamental aspect of what makes the standard of a good man a good candidate to go out with and start consider considering in marriage?
1: I know it's really hard because like I'm probably the like I'm certainly historically speaking, I can't speak for future John, but I can speak for past John. (laughs) Like, historically speaking, I, I definitely fit the category of, like, a guy who everybody would have, like, any mom would have been enchanted to have me dating their daughter. In fact, many of them were hoping I would whenever I was younger. And I'm not saying that braggadociously. It just is fact.
0: For, for those had, of you who are wondering, John and I are very good with moms, like moms <laughs> really like us.
1: And it's not just that, but like as far as it went, I in high school, I was not ugly. I went to mass all the time and prayed all the time. I could talk to adults, which is always a plus because I was, you know, I had the soul of a boomer being raised by my dad. And. Uh, yeah, and, and it just I got along well with older people and they they really liked me and they were always like, oh, you know, you should really date my daughter and. But at the same time, I was a very broken person. Now, probably less broken than a lot of my peers. But the reality is I still wasn't like looking back. I I wasn't in any position to like actually offer to a woman what she needed. I was too broken to actually really protect her or take care of her the way that I would have needed to. And so the reason I start with that is when I think about my own past, it's like there is a difference, though, for me. And there is a reason why, like, my wife fell in love with me. And even though I struggle with things or, you know, have... Some things that other people probably would have called major flags, certainly when we were dating and uh, early on in our marriage. Um, The difference is that, from the like, I've never in my life not wanted to do better and get better and grow. And so, I really do think that, like, if there's a fundamental like gene, whatever you want to call it, where it's like, this is a thing by which all other things can be judged, it is the progress of the human person. And this is why dating is so important, but you really don't need to be, you really don't need to know someone for very long. It really doesn't take more than maybe a month of time knowing them before you can tell whether they are a person who cares about improving and works on it or doesn't. Like it's, it's almost instantly apparent. You can just see it. And, you know, especially when you start to like spend more time with them, you just see evidence of it, right? <laughs> they're either trying or they're not trying. And that to me is just the fundamental. Like the first thing is, does this person care about truth and getting somewhere better than they are now? And do they actually show in their daily life or in their you know, weekly life that that is real and that that's, that's a true thing? They don't just talk about it. Like that to me is the fundamental. Like if that thing's missing, you're not even like don't even bother. And if that thing's there, then you can start from that point.
0: That's, that's really solid. Yeah, because I think it's all about like the mindset of the person
1: it and doesn't I matter would, where they are. It matters, I, like, can they move forward? Oh, I would say it does matter where they are. Sorry, like, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> to a certain extent. I just mean, and like, that, there's, various, gonna... there's always gradations of, of where people are at their life now. There's not gradations of are they trying to get better?
0: Gradations of are they trying to get better?
1: What I mean is, like, you and I, you're mm-hmm. you 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 better off than I am. Like, you have always been, like, more solid than me on a lot of things. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to even, bl- not, I don't care why, it doesn't matter. Like, but you and I have also both grown probably like similar amounts in the time that we've known each other, like people who are trying to get better. It's relative to where they started, but they get right. better. They, yeah. they make progress and sometimes it's faster or slower, but they all move forward.
0: Yeah. So that that's totally a hundred percent. Um, and I think the getting better in the right direction, like parallel moves is like, be, be aware of that. So it's like, Oh yeah, he's atheist, and now he's really considering like Buddhism. So (laughs) it's like kind of better. So it has to be like real progress. And so this is where I think the other aspect of this is um, is the starting point itself. So like uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas says that uh, nurture builds on nature. (laughs) What's he say? Virtue builds. Grace Grace builds grace builds on nature. Okay. And so you have to look at the just the general nature of the person. And this is where I would say, and John, if you want to like help clarify it, that really you need to find somebody that has like acknowledged that he like sees himself as a man and has some basic man qualities, one of which is John's whole concept of trying to get better striving for ideally sainthood here. Like that is a huge quality of it. But I I think that the you you really there's a guy that no matter how much he's trying to improve, I think there are things where it's like, uh, yeah, let him improve and then date him. (laughs) Don't be like, okay, yeah, he's, you know, only doing drugs once a week now. I'm really proud of him. Like there are things where, you know, anybody who's doing drugs, bad idea. Let them figure that out. Pray for them. And then if they're totally clean in the clear and they seem like a really good fit to go for it. But right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what makes some, like what starting degree, like what's the, what's the word? Um, what's the word John when it's like deal breakers. Yeah. So like Ah. when you start to date somebody like the deal breakers, that the, the bare minimum that they really should meet as like a person in the way they see themselves.
1: Um, well, I mean, I, I would say that like, if they're not Catholic, they have to be like really freaking on the line to become Catholic or they have to be Catholic. (laughs) I mean, I, I think that, I mean, at this point in time, I, I feel like even the, even being Catholic is means so little. So it's like, if you're starting with that, then you're like, all right, I've already narrowed it enough to where hopefully if I'm saying that they have to be Catholic, I can now find in that group, someone who's actually Catholic, (laughs) not just calling themselves Catholic, but I mean. I, I just don't see the point in this day and age. And I mean, obviously, guys, whenever Patrick and I are talking about these things, we're talking about, um, these are generalizations, right? So you have to always pray and listen to God's voice and do what's in front of you. There are plenty of marriages. I mean, Patrick's is your dad's a convert, right? My dad's a convert. There are plenty of marriages that have become, you know, great marriages and, and carried on, you know, wonderful progressions of the faith that aren't that don't start with two Catholics. But that's always it's always the exception and you can't go to that and go okay so then if you meet somebody who's a good christian then just marry them like there's also plenty of christians who are fundamentalist and will say i won't become catholic so like just yeah. that's all I'm, that's what i'm talking about
0: and and i think uh you know some people get a little bent out of shape if they're dating some really nice protestant guy or whatever but the reason this is so important to understand is just looking at data that there's there was a study in 2000 that said that Regardless of how faithful the mother was, if the father did not go to church, then only one child in fifty would attend church regularly as an adult. Now, the yeah. first question that I want to ask is, how on earth did she have fifty kids? <laughs> the second thing is, no, this, this is just a huge deal. Like the dad has to both be
1: twenty-five, Patrick.
0: <laughs> the dad has to be bought into this. So. You know, as a woman, as you're looking at your candidates, I know quite a few guys that being down in the South who are converts and praise be to God, but you're really, you've got to, you know, kind of just look at the math. Like if he's like super into his, you know, Lutheranism or whatever his faith is, your kids are going to see them be like, well, dad doesn't even think this faith is real. So why should I? Right. And that means something far more than as a woman does. And I'm sorry, but it's just the way it is. Like, you can't yep. argue with statistics unless it's COVID statistics.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't even matter. You don't even have to have statistics to know that that's true, right? Like, this is, this is why so many Catholic families are so broken is because, I mean, growing up, I knew all these Catholic families where the moms were the religious leaders of the families. And you look at them all and, and almost all of them, the, the kids just... If the sons, the only way that it's not that way is if the sons developed a strong enough faith on their own, and then they went on to to raise their families that way. But like for the daughters of those families, where the moms are the ones that are in charge and running the fa- and running the faith life, in a ton of situations they go off and, and lose their faith, or they just become the most blasé, barely practicing Catholics you can imagine. It's just it's empirically borne out. It you don't even need the statistics to see it. But I mean, at the same time, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you can't if you're looking at this and it's like, all right, you know, I want to marry this guy. And it's like, well, what do you want out of your life? Right. I mean, reverse engineer it when you're 60. What do you want to look back on? Do you want to look back on spending all you know, 40 years of marriage trying to drag this guy to church, trying to convince him to become a Catholic, trying to teach your children their faith on their own while he doesn't care? Like, what are you trying to do? Most young Catholic girls actually want a family. Well, what are you actually buying into if you marry a guy who isn't going to lead your lead your family's faith and lead right. you? And also keep in mind that women on their own are going to have a much harder time growing in their faith. Like they're they're supposed to have the man there to lead that. It's his job. And so you're also you're also kind of buying into a very very malnourished sacrament. <laughs> I mean, you're not mm-hmm. you're not going to be giving the nourishment that you're supposed to be getting from that husband. So you're going to be missing a lot of stuff, and the graces aren't going to be in there in the marriage. And I mean, you just you're just missing so much. Yeah. I
0: mean, that, that's a really good segue to the next, um, point, uh, when it comes to, uh, what, like looking for a man. But, uh, one thing I just wanted to say is that the Bible, we, and John and I have brought this up before, um, that do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Um, I think that's the NIV translation, so it's probably a little bit different, but the whole point of that, the Bible legitimately tells us you guys gotta be on at least the same page. You know, like, okay, we all agree abortion's bad I agree, homosexual homosexual behaviors and lifestyles are not good. You know, some of these really fundamental things where if the boyfriend's like not on board, it's like, okay, Get drop them. them. Um, so That that leads to this idea of like leadership. So that's so fundamental to being a man is being able to lead. Um, And I think sometimes leadership, you immediately picture it's like, okay, well, my my boyfriend doesn't want to be president. Does that make him a bad leader? No, it's not quite like that.
1: John, (laughs) um, make him take like the alpha beta test. (laughs) Oh, he's not an alpha. Peace out. (laughs) So, John, what makes a guy a good leader? Like
0: mm. how, like what leadership as qualities do you that need one, to, yeah, and, and for guys listening, this is an important one. Like co- going back to the like bad boy thing, girls usually like bad boys because he tends to have some degree of leadership or, um, kind of take charge vibes. And that's what
1: girls really hunger for. So what does it look like, John? Yeah. I don't know. I think leadership is often, it's a kind of an abstract concept. I think it's mo- like, I think the thing that, is that you notice that where you're like, Oh, that person's a leader. It's more just self identity. So it's like, I think when a man knows, knows who he is or doesn't, who doesn't identify himself in relation to other things, but to himself and hopefully to God, that's what you're looking for. Like that thing kind of shows up in the world is like leadership. But what it really comes down to is if you, if you're dating a guy or you're interested in a guy and like, he does, he can't disagree with you. Or if you say whatever, he's always just like, Oh yeah, whatever. Like a man, like that's why women like the bad boys. Cause the bad boy goes, look, I'm going this, this way. And I really don't care if anybody comes with me. And that is important. That's very, very important that you, that as a, that as a woman, you need a man who is not going to go, Oh wow. Look at that group of people. Let's go over there. But instead is like, I know where I'm going. I don't even care what those people are doing. And if anybody wants to come along, you're welcome. That's, that's the leadership concept. And uh, I think it's also interesting because I think that there's ways to to kind of test a man to see if he has that in him because unfortunately, and this is really important, ladies, so many of the men you're going to interact with may have that gene or may definitely be in that like mindset, but it has been so beaten out of them over the years, or it has been, they've been so brainwashed that they actually believe they're being an immoral person. They actually, even as a cat, they actually think that they're doing something wrong by like exercising that power. And they, out of what they think is respect for you or out of like, right they're they're going to behave in unmanly ways because they've been so brainwashed to believe that it's, that that's virtuous. And the reason I bring that up is those guys will demonstrate those things given the chance. And that's where I think kind of a little bit of the I'm not going to use the vernacular, but, you know, a little bit of the poop test, a little bit of like checking, right? Like seeing what happens when you do things like disagree with them or when you give them the opportunity to like rise to the challenge. And I know this sounds really silly and I've said it before on the show, but I'm not even joking things like. What happens if you ask them to order for you at a restaurant? I'm not making this up. Or what happens, like, what ways do they respond to your, you're like, hey, you pick you pick the restaurant. Or you, you know, if we're going to go on a date. Or like, hey, what are we doing on Friday? Like, I don't really care. You, you decide. Like, give them opportunities to rise to the challenge. Or it's like, hey, they're coming over. And you're like, hey, uh, you know, you, they're coming over to your house. You're like, would you mind stopping at Kroger and like grabbing X, Y, or Z? And like, just see how they respond to those things. If the guy's like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely, no problem," or they're, or you like, give them an almost an ambiguity, a little bit of an ambigu- ambiguous, ambiguous, <laughs> a little bit of an ambiguous request, right? Where it's like, "Could you pick up something like this?" And if they're like, "Well, what do you want?" Right. and you spend fifteen minutes going back and forth, it's like this guy might not be very decisive, but he's like, "Sure, I'll grab something," and then he comes with something that actually makes sense. Like, yeah. I know it sounds funny, but that's I am serious.
0: Can you bring back something crispy from the store? could be bacon could be chips could be you know
1: could you grab up something good for dessert right could you pick up a really good dessert on your way over and like they'll, they're like sure
0: yeah i i think um with the with the whole leadership thing what would really help you ladies is learning how to communicate what you want better and so this isn't about like bossing them around or even kind of like messing with them to figure and by them i mean us To like figure out like, oh, is he a good leader? It's showing them that you trust them enough to let them lead you is really what it boils down to. So it's like, would you like, could you please pick out? Like, could you please pick out what we're doing on Friday? You know, could you um, lead us in the rosary? You know, kind of like presenting these opportunities so that they're like, okay, she wants me to do it. Because even with the whole like pick a restaurant thing, it's like I remember being younger and just thinking. It's like, well, I wanna, I wanna do what she wants, and it's like it doesn't matter. Like you
1: have to show him, I want you to do something for us, you know, right, for right. me. And Even so like, pick me up, like, like, like the guy should be driving places. Like, don't go pick him up. Be like, come get, come get me, right? Um, and so
0: I, I would encourage you. There's some good books. I need to finish reading it so I can officially recommend it. But there's a book called. Women are from Venus, men are from Mars. And it kind of goes through the differences of men and women and how to communicate and understand where a man is. Because the problem, like John said, the biggest problem you're going to run into looking for a man that meets your standards is that most guys are kind of already below it, if not completely below it. And it's because (laughs) they they need a real woman to gently encourage them to become the man they were meant to be and that's not leading from behind that's not you know bossing around or demeaning him it's learning how to be a better woman will automatically if he's if he's a real man will lead him into like true manhood um it's it's really interesting um and so like another really good test that i was thinking about was if you're looking for a real dude real men in your life. So whether it's brothers or whether it's your father or an uncle or even a priest, you know, or somebody they will respect and approve this guy. So if your dad, if you love him and he's awesome, like usually you can really get a good feel for somebody. If every, if everybody's like, yeah, he's just kind of like really not good for you. And you're like, Oh, everybody's just judging me. They just want us to be unhappy. Now I'm sure I think it's more of the exception when you have like a family sabotaging you. I think that's an exception. Most of the time, the men that you truly respect and love will say, Hey, yeah, I I think, you know, Jake is awesome. Really cool dude, you know? Right. So that's a good thing to like pull yourself out and say, all right, well, what's going on here? Ask a dude that you respect what he thinks of this guy. Um, uh john do you have anything else specific that you think is a good like litmus test for a good standard in a man
1: um i think the way that i think that the way he behaves with adults is big too i i think that there's also like a whole world of like social awareness that's really big so it's like another thing that you need to be careful of like when men are damaged and when men are like i would say almost damaged like beyond repair like <clears throat> they turn in on themselves so I think it's really important to, to to be able to see like the while the brooding, you know, mysterious man may be attractive for whatever reasons. I don't know why he is, but he seems to be attractive to women like that's a man who is deeply, deeply wounded and damaged. And so I think that a, a, another great way to know whether a guy is like a, on a, gro- a growth guy or a not growth guy is like, does he get out? Does he do well with people? Yeah. Does he like to? make new new relationships like does he do well with your parents does he do well with your siblings especially the younger ones right like there these are all things you know a guy who like doesn't even notice like if, if a man walks into a, a you know a new family's house and like there's a little baby playing on the floor and he doesn't like notice the baby or isn't like oh my gosh like I know that sounds funny but like dudes should have very strong reactions to young children they should they should be drawn to them and they should want to engage with them and the kids should also be drawn to that right right like when i show up anywhere in my family the kids all run over they want me to talk to them like a man find ad- their socks yes exactly a man attracts children because they feel his presence and they see that he's somebody that they want to learn from and 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 they see him as that fatherly figure if that's not happening that's a sign that something's wrong right so like these are all ways you can just identify what just little things and I, these are the these are the things that actually matter people are like you know they are always looking at the big giant picture right it's like these big red flags and it's like the big red flags can go away it's the little things that matter it's the little things that show you whether or not this person is capable of growth there is no such thing as a person who's 20 years old who doesn't have a lifetime of work ahead of them That person doesn't exist. We all maybe to greater or lesser degrees, but we all have a ton of work. And that's the next thing we need to talk about is what it, what the ladies, you know, what's on your plate, what you guys need to do to be better women. But you know, everybody's got work to do. So the thing you're looking for are the signs that this person's going to put in the work. That's what you need to figure out. Yep. And I think the next point would
0: be, is a really important one before you switch, change the channel here. Uh, you need to realize as a woman, like your biggest blind spot is your ability to empathize. It's really, it's kind of like, it's like a big, you can be emotionally manipulated very easily if you're not mm-hmm. already aware of that, most women. And so I think being aware of this weakness is actually a really good way to filter out the the jerks and the dirtbags bags because a lot of these dudes will emotionally manipu- manipulate you to get what they want especially sex and things like that. So like John was saying if a guy is super like emotional, like emoting, like always like oh, I just I just hate myself sometimes like just get I'm like I'm so depressed baby, you know, like it's just so hard like always complaining and trying to like get emotional responses out of you. Or trying to say, oh, you can't come to my thing. Like, thought you loved me. You know, like anything like that. Like your instinct will be to kind of mother him and take care of him. It's like, oh, don't worry. Like, I I don't want you to kill yourself. (laughs) If a dude is like, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself. Be like, I'll say a prayer for your soul. Like, (laughs) do not like run for your stinking life. That is the biggest red flag in the universe. Um, so just be aware of that, like any, any type of dude that's emotionally manipulating you is bad news. Shut that down quick.
1: Um, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, I think Patrick's point, I mean, there's always, there's always a line to walk between, you know, letting people around you influence you, but certainly when it's your family and things like that, I mean, I've, I knew, (laughs) I knew a girl in high school who she started dating this guy and her parents did not like this guy at all. And they didn't do like they instead of, you know, trying to like they just handled it very poorly and she's married to the guy now. And it's like, I mean, I don't know if he's a great guy or not, but the point is. That, like, I'm pretty sure they created that. Like, I think if they just left it alone and been like, yeah, sure. I don't think it would have lasted more than like six months and it probably would have just been over. But like when when you have that weird friction, then people like grab on and like, no, this is my person that I've chosen. And I'm and then they start, you know, defending them from you. And then they create all these reasons why they're really a, g- a great person. And so just be aware, though, that when the people around you do that kind of thing, if your mom and dad like voice some some concern, understand that your first thing is going to be like, defensiveness and like, I need to figure out why I'm with this person. And you're going to literally create your own reality by being like, no, there's nothing wrong with this. Like this guy's great. He's an amazing guy. And you may turn him into some guy that he's not at all. Just because your parents are saying that they don't like X, Y, and Z. So like, it's really important to be level-headed and to even seek out counsel. If you can't hear it from your parents, then go to, then go to a good guy. that you good lawyer. Trust. What? Get a good lawyer. Yeah. Go to a good, go to a good guy that you trust and be like, what do you think about this dude? Right. I mean, if I'd had a bunch of girls ask me, I would have been like, yeah, I think that guy's great. I think that guy's an idiot, right? And it probably would have made their lives a lot easier in in wading through the noise instead of hearing it from their sister or their dad. Yeah. So, you know, find people you trust that aren't other girls, you know, a priest, a, another guy friend, a, a teacher that you trust, a professor that you trust, something like that. It's a man and be like, what do you think of this guy? Do you think he's a good guy? And see what they say. Um,
0: another super tangible... um filter for these dudes is uh like kind of your standard of like what to expect like you need to figure out ahead of time uh like especially when it comes to like physical interaction like what to expect so uh i hear it all the time like why i I used to i guess i don't really hear from like my (laughs) sister
1: patrick's like i get about a 100 messages a day from these
0: (laughs) well like you know like so I tell, you know maybe this isn't accurate but what it seems like to me is you have a lot of these dudes that they're like oh hey we're on like a bus trip to like some catholic event uh, and I want to hold your hand <laughs> and and then it gets to the next step where it's like oh he, he gave me a kiss but uh, we haven't talked at all <laughs> and it's like basically what happens is These plot lines that you see in movies, like The Notebook or wherever, where there's essentially no relationship other than the fact that they saw each other, ran at each other, and now are making out in the rain. It's like, how did we get here? That's not how real life works. And so for you, young girls, as you're like, these guys are like saying, hey, you know, whether they just kiss you or ask to kiss you or like hold your hand or start telling you over text how much they love you when you met them yesterday. Like that is a sign that they are just trying to manipulate you and get something out of you. Right. Um, And it's my personal advice. John might have his own set, but I am thoroughly convinced that you can pretty much exclude any physical reaction, uh f- physical interaction for like the first month of dating. And that's like officially dating. Like, Hey, hundred oh, percent
1: boyfriend, girlfriend, like, I think Even, you've been for three months. No, I mean like like holding hands and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think you should be. Hold, I don't think you should be holding hands with somebody a, like a month into a dating like I mean, How many dates have you got on four? Like once it like if I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: so you might think that John <laughs> and I are insane by saying that, but here here's the the secret, and you're not gonna like this, but long term you'll thank us later. You know, you'll write us a letter as a 65 year old and say, thank you so much. Um,
1: (laughs) I'll read it to Patrick's headstone. (laughs) And here's
0: why, because this acts as a, again, it's all about setting up these filters so you can see who's real and who's not. Most dudes that just want sex or just are interested in themselves have zero patience Yep, and they will not stick around. even maybe two weeks they'll be like you know like why are you so weird and puritan puritanical like this is crazy your catholic faith is insane (laughs) it's like uh i just said i didn't want to kiss you what the heck's your problem right and and kissing that early in a relationship has zero really zero to do with love because at this point everybody's hopped up on chemicals aka um uh, what's it called What's it called, John? Dopamine. Dopamine. You know, it's actually like,
1: probably more oxytocin.
0: Yeah, oxytocin. Like your body is responding to this person. It's a beautiful thing, the way God created all of this. But as soon as physical interaction enters into the relationship, it really muddies the water on the quality of person, and it becomes about the physical relationship very quickly. So yep. my big piece of advice that you're going to hate, but it'll work out. I, I can almost guarantee it. I can almost guarantee it entirely that you give it like a month and you'll find out very quickly what his priorities are. Right. right. And so um, from there, that doesn't mean like, okay, we're in month two. Let's have sex. That's not how it works in month two. It's like, okay, you
1: know, that's like, my six. <laughs> I don't you know, can I'm hold joking.
0: hands. We can, you know, <laughs> we can hold hands, a light kiss here and there, but even in the dating relationship, there's really no making out. Like I I'm convinced that making out has no place in a dating relationship. It might happen. That's, you know, what confession is for, but it's just it's way too focused on uh what's it called? sexual pleasure and way too focused on um just what you're getting for yourself and so I, I strongly
1: encourage you to leave that out of dating you can hate me for it but i, I really I think mean, it is, i mean it, i mean making out is like you're basically increasing your chances of having sex by like 75 percent like yeah. if you if you if you allow yourself to like that making out is going like if it's not something that you've identified as we shouldn't do this thing if it happens okay but we're gonna confess that and we're trying not to if you move that to like making out is okay you're probably going to have sex before you're married Yep. like it's just like you're literally turning on the biological systems for sex, like, and then you're like, oh, but we can't have sex for like another three years. Like, it's insane, guys. It's insane. It's like dieting. It's like I'm going to go in a 500 calorie deficit for three months. Like, what? You're still a human person.
0: Yeah. Um. So that's a, that's a hot take, but it, it really adds up with not only church teaching but just common sense. If you're trying to stay pure and trying to not have sex before marriage, uh, limit your excitement like the the focus like affection is a good thing arousal is
1: not a good thing well you know what patrick i think it's probably also important to to state here that this is really especially important for women to understand because it's not the same for women so you have to understand ladies and this is some real talk right like a dude can't just make out with a girl and just be like okay like that's not they they can like it doesn't mean that they're going to like have sex right then but like you're turning on physiological systems that don't just like dissipate instantly and like it does man, have like long term consequences right, for a, a dude. A man
0: is far more aroused than you yes. are during that. Type and I mean it can
1: yeah it can yeah so i just especially if you're doing it on like a regular basis like that dude's going to you're like if he even if you're not having sex with him the chances that he's then like ending up in other weird stuff because of of the fact that you guys have like this super physical relationship go through the roof. So it's not um yeah it's just not healthy and so it's like the girl's like oh well you know but we can just kiss a little bit no that's all bull crap. so you have to like you can't like that's really it's really crappy when girls because i know like this is you know throwing it back on the other side i know that that's a thing girls do where they're like well it doesn't like yep. making out doesn't bother me and it's like that's fine you should respect him enough to not to not ask that from him and to not push that
0: you have you have to understand like, we've established men and women are different and so you have to approach it from that angle that he's not—it's not the same for him. Um, and Father Ripperger has a really good, uh, a, a very good video where he explains um, like a healthy relationship. And at first, again, I can pretty much guarantee if this is kind of new stuff to you, you're not gonna like it because it's just so countercultural. It makes you seem like a weirdo. But once you take a step back, say a prayer, and quiet your mind, you're gonna realize if we truly are trying to be holy here and truly trying to find a spouse that loves Jesus, it's really the only way, like it's the best way. It's the best way. Like, sure. You can get married and blah, blah, blah to somebody who has troubles and, you know, is, uh, you know, really focused on himself, blah, blah, blah. But I, I strongly encourage you to look at your best options because they're there for a reason. Right. Um, I had one more thought. What was it? Oh, okay. Just general too. So like for girl, like I think a lot of girls, I don't know if you guys need to hear this or not, but if a dude asks for any inappropriate pictures or suggestive pictures, totally like off limits,
1: bad news. Yeah. You bring this up. Like, I guess I'm, I'm, uh, this is not me disagreeing at all. I'm just curious. Like, do you hear about that happening with like, oh yeah. And like in like middle
0: school, high school, like, because oh, well. cuz here's the here's the okay. reason why in college but like a lot of these girls don't really understand the interest level in it and they see it as like oh wow he's really interested in me like he just says he's like baby you're so beautiful like you're you're awesome you know blah 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 like oh did you get that a new bikini at the store like can i see what it looks like like i've to- i've heard a lot of different things like this especially for these girls that haven't had any like modesty education right. or know anything about theology of the body. They just have no idea because again, they don't understand. And if, if somebody thinks I'm super off on this, I'm willing to. I'm wrong. But girls don't understand that guys can say stuff lovingly and not mean it. They don't <laughs> get it. They don't get it. They think, whoa, this guy worships me. He must right. want to marry me. But actually he just wants a picture of you nude or something like interest guys can get really, it, it's, too, it's too bad, but such as uh, Satan exists. Um, and then a guy should, you know, keep his hands to himself. Um, shouldn't be touching you anywhere intimately, um, in a dating relationship. Um, granted the more you date, the longer you date for the more opportunities for slipping up is going to occur. But I think especially in the beginning, like you guys should both be on the same page. Like, okay, this does not belong in a dating relationship. We're going to strive to keep it out and try to stay pure to the best of our ability. So he should understand those to be like not appropriate in a dating relationship. Yeah. Um, And I think I've covered pretty much all my thoughts. John, do you have anything else?
1: I think, yeah, I think the last thing I I would just close with here is um, the timing as well. Like, it's really, really easy to get caught up in the world's way of looking at a lot of this stuff and be like, oh, you know, we're, we're supposed to start dating when we're 16. And then we're going to date somebody for six years and get married after college. And I think you just really need to be realistic with yourself. And also just, you know, understanding the nature of a man, like, it's not healthy for dudes to be in like four year dating relationships. It's not healthy. And maybe women can do I don't think it's healthy for any. I think
0: I, I think both of them it's not. Yeah. Well, bad. I just mean, bad, like, for, yeah.
1: for I just say, like, if, if we're talking about it in terms of like sexual struggles, a dude being in a four year dating relationship is insane. And so it's like, for, you know, but I, I don't think it's as hard for girls that way, but I think it's emotionally very hard for women because they're like, the dude doesn't struggle with it that way, but the woman's like, when can we finally get married? I want to be married already. Right. So it's like, um, I would just say, like, just be smart about it. Like, if you are, you know, if you're trying to become a married Catholic wife, you know, first of all, you know, don't you don't necessarily need to go to college. But it's like, you know, first of all, there's nothing wrong with finding a guy who's already out of college. You know, you can you can be 20 and date a guy who's 25. In fact, I think that might actually be healthier. But just be honest with yourself about like what kind of timeline you're dealing with. If you're 18 years old and yeah, there's this super cute guy in like your freshman English class or whatever. Okay, but I mean, do you really want to try do you really want to date somebody for 4 years in college, which which is basically like trying to not end up in some kind of like bad scenario with them for 4 years? I mean, yes, like things happen, but your chances every year if you're in a long-term serious relationship with somebody in the same school, you know, your chances of stuff going sideways increase like exponentially every year. Like so just just be honest with yourself. What are you trying what do you want? Why are you dating somebody? And what's the timeline? When can you actually get married to them? You know, the church used to say that that what, six months was the maximum engagement time, right, Patrick? Isn't that what we learned before? It was uh, like three months was the recommended. And I think it, it was the church has the church used to have totally different ways of looking at the 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 engaged to married segment. And, you know, there was there was courtship that was very structured. And then there yeah, was a yeah. there was a short engagement period and then marriage. And the point was couples should be either not dating or married. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so as quickly as possible, figure out if you can get married and then get married.
0: Yeah, um totally. Yeah. And uh, timing timing is important. And then also uh, shoot there's one other aspect to it.
1: We lost him. We lost Patrick. Timing is important. And you know, if you're asking, are you guys practice what you preach? I don't necessarily, but because well I mean Grace and I still got married one year after we got engaged within we got engaged within eighteen months and married within two years of meeting each other. Patrick was married within um, nine months of meeting Margaret.
0: I know I know what it was. I, I just want to say that God has a plan for you in all of this. And so you don't have to get all like caught up in like, oh crap, like I just want to get married so quickly. Like surrender to God. He will send you the man that you need. And that's where too, like you don't have to like go dating all. Like I think that if a guy seems like a decent guy and he asks you on a date, go for it. Give him a chance. Even if he doesn't, let's say, look as you know, you know, Jason, stay with me as you want him to. <laughs> but if that's the case, like give him a chance. And then if he clearly doesn't fit the bill, like drop him like it's hot. Like you have my permission to say, hey, I don't want to go on a second date. Like I had a really good time. Thank you for dinner. Uh, thank you for the calamari, you know, the side, you know, whatever, barbecue sauce. I appreciate it.
1: The mashed potatoes were great. Like, because I actually
0: <laughs> I have talked to girls where it's like, yeah, well, we, we went on one date and then I didn't know how to say no. So now we're on, you know, we've been dating for two years. <laughs> it's like, what? And I'm serious. Like, I've totally heard So, like, you need to, you know, protect yourself and say, and be able to say no. Like, understand yeah. that that is that is your role is to say yes or no. He He's the one who asks, you say yes or no. And so... I encourage no, you to give no, ladies. guys that seem nice a chance from then on though, you got it. Like if it's doesn't feel right. And if he doesn't kind of meet these basic things we talked about, you know, move on. It's okay. If he's sad, that's his problem. Buy him a box of tissues. Um, with that, we're now at 45 minutes. This is a long episode. Uh, it's a good one you- though. Thank you very much for listening. Again, if you have any questions, visit our uh, page. It's, uh, anchor.fm slash,
1: you mean our website, (laughs) our
0: our podcast page, you can leave us an audio message, um, or you can send us an email at hello at over network.com and tell us that we're insane puritanical, uh, psychopaths, misogynistic cows. Um,
1: and and also if you would like to learn about the flip side of this conversation, AKA, Things you might be doing as a crazy woman that you should stop doing. Tune in next week for the episode where we do this version for dudes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Standard for dude. And then uh, if you're a girl or a guy, send this to any girl in the world. Like, please. It's better, you know, especially if they're younger, still trying to sort out dating and don't seem to have a grasp of what a dirt bag looks like. This is what this episode's for. So s- share it, send it to people. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Peace, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to check out more of our stuff, you can go over to CatholicLate9.com. Uh, we have more links and resources that we can do because, you know, you're limited with what you can do on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, so check that out. Again, sharing the episode is the, one of the best things you can do for us. Um, also, if you want to leave us a review somewhere, so if you're on iTunes, uh, you can leave a review or comment, like, whatever y- you want to do. It's, it all helps us uh, rank better in the algorithms. How to Quit My Porn Addiction is exactly a sexy title that uh, does well on YouTube by itself so anything you can do to help us in that way is uh, great we also have over at which is a new project that we're working on where we actually would love to have you submit something to us um so if you head over to that website over at uh, we have a place where people can read our writing guidelines if you want to write something uh, we especially like conversion stories um, or maybe something that you've learned if you know a priest who writes good articles or if you are a priest, Uh, We like to really get priests involved as much as possible because they have special graces as priests. um, And so we want to take advantage of those graces. Uh, With that being said, I say that all the time. With that being said, all the time. uh, Thanks again. We're praying for you. Uh, Please pray for us and keep living life. Something like that. All right.
1: Bye.